This podcast is kindly sponsored by Schwartz. They are stunning for elevating a meal and making everything a bit more delicious. Spice it up. Welcome to What Did You Eat This Week with me, James Kavanagh. Today I am with a good friend of mine. Um, we cover a lot of different topics in our various uh, WhatsApp voice notes, but one is food. Food pops up a lot. Um, my guest today, his name is Mark Megan from The Sunday Roast. Welcome, Mark. How's it going, James? I'm in your gorgeous sun-drenched apartment in Dunleary. Um, it's very different to Fibsborough. It's very, uh, I just saw a a few very uh, opulent, almost American-like Halloween, like steps with pumpkins and all. This is the house down the road. Lots of it's fake, though. Oh, is fake the pumpkins? Hall- Halloween decorations, of course, are fake, but they also have lots of fake The skeleton isn't real. In the-, the skeleton's not real. It's not the <laughs> nana. <laughs> uh, it's very leafy and gorgeous down here, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, as I said uh, just before we started recording, I do have lots of trauma about uh, appearing on something that I don't have control over. <laughs> you know, for my podcast, The Sunday Roast, um, mm. it's just me. Yeah. Whereas the idea of now not being able to sort of edit, amend <laughs> and prepare is is really terrifying because basically when I was 18, mm. I was living in Brighton, um, you know, in the south of the UK. On your own? Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, I left Ireland just after doing the leaving search. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know this about you. Yeah, it's weird because everybody... Why? And why Brighton? I was basically very, very misunderstood in Ireland and mm. they were all assholes who didn't get me. So I moved to Brighton and would you believe... There were assholes there as well. (laughs) So I was living in Brighton. I went to music college, but basically I got an opportunity to run this radio station Mm. and I had the sort of precocious arrogance that only 18 year old me or 31 year old me could have. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll present the radio station. Absolutely. It was going out in Brighton and Hove radio. This is like Brighton FM. Yeah. Literally Brighton and Hove FM. (laughs) Uh, Excellent name. The gym plus coffee guys were in there (laughs) in the creative brainstorm for that one. But we went in on the day, I had like all this music lined up, didn't have any any concerns, any any worries about it. And then once that little red light got switched on and this guy's doing the fucking Heathrow Terminal 2 sign language at me, trying to get me to start. <laughs> like and when they go five and like, then it disappears. <laughs> they stop, they go five, four. four three, two, one. Yeah. And I had a meltdown. Oh no! I had a meltdown. I literally had a panic attack. Because I've, I've had panic attacks since I was like 16. Mm. And it's always one of those things where, oh, I've never gotten a panic attack in this situation. Uh-huh. I should probably have one. And then I had one. And ever since, the idea of doing anything live yeah. just terrifies me. So, and you literally just came off four live shows. Five. Five live shows. Five live shows. And it, uh, has it gotten easier? No. See, and this is the thing about it. So the first show and the fifth show with the same nerves. Absolute same nerves. Really? Because you're supposed to be chipping away at them, apparently, anyway. I now, I, I always get nervous no matter what, but apparently it's supposed to get easier. Well, you see, the thing is, I think from a performance perspective, easy. I think from a performance perspective, though, it definitely probably improves. But from an anxiety perspective, it's the same because it's an irrational fear. And mm. I remember my mom rang me, and she's listening to this now, definitely. But she rang me on like the third day and was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm terrible. Oh, would you fucking stop this now? You've done two already. You'd be absolutely grand. I was like, mum, like this is a mental health issue. (laughs) Oh yeah, but you're going on about this yesterday. I'm like, I know, but it's like, just because I want it to stop doesn't mean that it can stop. And I'm aware it's irrational. Like it it happened to me a few years ago when I was, I was basically on a flight from Florence to Croatia, 
with a friend of mine and we had had like a really sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I'd had, we'd had like a really pretentious few days in Florence sort of trying to chirp American tourists and stuff and going to art galleries and drinking loads. But we were still like 23 and very underslept and, you know, emotionally fragile. And I had a panic attack on the plane from Florence to Croatia. They're fucking awful. Like Air, so airplanes. Air, <laughs> panic attacks. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, and so ever since then... Economy, air, it's just vile. No. I'm, I am economy, true, <laughs> true and true. But basically ever since then, for about 18 months, I didn't get an airplane. Really? Because I just did that stupid thing. You associated thing panic attacks with And airplanes. I avoided it. And yeah. the thing is, like, I don't think the plane's going to crash. Yeah. I totally trust in the sort of mechanisms of science or whatever is going on. But it's that feeling, again, it comes back to no control. Mm. I'm trapped in a tin can in 30, like 30,000 feet and I can't get out. Yeah. And for about 18 months, I just couldn't do it. And even though people would say, this is ridiculous, you've been flying your whole life and I would be... It's, that's the weird thing I find with my anxiety. I can be aware that it's ludicrous, but I still experience it. Yeah. So like before the live shows last week, you came in backstage one of the evenings and you're going like, you've done this the week before. You know that the response is going to be generally pretty positive because they've, you know, bought t- tickets specifically to see you. Mm. But no, the mind in that moment says, everybody hates you. Your penis is going to accidentally fall out of your boxers. And people, will, it'll fall out, but to the extent that people will notice how small it is. <laughs> it will go viral and then that will be the end. That's funny about the airplane thing because I grew up not being an anxious person until I was about 25. Started getting vicious panic attacks. And now I have a thing in airplanes, especially long haul flights where... I feel I'm going to have a heart attack. That's my, that's my yeah. thing. Um, and I could be lying on my bed or at home on the couch for seven hours. It's the same thing I'm doing in a plane, yeah. but I'm like, because I'm in the plane, there's not going to be any doctors. And I think that's where my fear is. I'm like, I'm not going to be, if I had a heart attack at home, I could just call an ambulance. If I'm in a, the, yeah. the plane? Yeah. This should be called What Are You Anxious About This Week? Yeah, it actually should be. It's giving, I'm, my upper lip is sweating. I know, I'm, I feel a panic it. attack coming on here. Um, Mark, this is all about food. Okay. You're drinking tea. I'm drinking Let's, coffee. You're drinking coffee? Yeah. Let's start there. What kind of coffee do you like? I'm a, Excuse me, I need to clear my throat again. Clear away. I'm a complete basic bitch when it comes to coffee. Yeah. I And I'm not doing this to be that Even guy. Even espresso? I do have an espresso machine. You like I, an espresso? I ran out of the free pods that came with it. <laughs> And you have to go into town to get them, so I just haven't bothered. Has Nespresso not sent you free pots? No, actually. Well, Nespresso, hello. This is a good thing to get free stuff. I have form in this that hasn't worked out. So there's a fashion brand that we both love called Rowing Blazers. (laughs) And about two years ago during lockdown, the new season came out and we were just sending it to each other, being like, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then you screenshotted a message that you had just done this sort of coy hey guys, just wondering now when your, you know, red <laughs> jumpers are coming back. And they, they obviously saw your following and were like, oh, James, we'd love your address. We'll send you fucking everything. Just give us a complete <laughs> list. A menu, we'll have everything over to you by next week. So then I literally messaged them five minutes later going, hey guys, just wondering if you're going to get that grey jumper back in the sock. <laughs> the reply was like, Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, here's a link. I think Nespresso will work though. They're always giving free pods out to people. So if, do you lo- like Nespresso? I mean, yeah, as I said, with coffee, my favorite coffee is hotel coffee. Is it? Hotel coffee in the little uh, tin sort of um, pot. Unbelievable. That is true, actually. There is something nice about it. It's almost chocolatey or something. Oh, I see you have um, a zero. I used to love that um, when I worked in agency. There was always a, a little pot of that. It's really, it's quite foamy. Yeah. 
Again, my knowledge and understanding of coffee is very, very non-existent. Like, I mean, I can taste, I think I'm at the stage where I can taste if a coffee is burnt. Mm. Um, but that's, that's effectively the height of it. So do you kind of just drink it really to get energy or to get a buzz? No, I do, like I do love it, but mm. I'm just not, I, I suppose I'm not really. Uh, You're not looking for tasting notes and stuff when you get coffee. Okay. Absolutely not. Do you get coffee out? Like, are you, are you one to pick up a coffee when you're buzzing around on Leary or whatever? Yeah, I used, to, I, I got through, a re, I went through a really outrageous time during COVID where I was buying three to four coffees out every day just for something to do. It was and the thrill of it. It was the thrill, but also any more than three coffees and I start hallucinating. Yeah, no, it's too, it's way too much for me. I'm jittery. I, I kind of have a rule after three, I don't, I stop. Yeah. Like I couldn't. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> tea? Are you a tea person? I would be a tea person. What but, brand? Uh, oh no, I wouldn't. This is like Tato King. I don't care. You don't care? I don't care. And I hate I don't know why I had you down as a kind of carer people, about no, things like trying, this. I do care about things, but I care no, about... No, but like Barry's along. I don't know why I thought you'd be kind of stickler about stuff like that. No, because I don't think anybody actually knows. It's like this thing about Guinness drinkers now, who everyone thinks they're a Guinness aficionado. And it's like, you wouldn't know the difference. And there's the same with tea, the same with crisps. I don't think anybody would actually know the difference. Club Orange Fanta, yes, because they're two different drinks. 100%, yeah. But Barry's versus Lions, or PG Tips, for my British listeners. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I... I don't think there's a significant difference. Yeah, okay, fairly. Well, I see, I used to work for Vargas Tea, so I kind of, yeah, yeah. And we had a master tea blender called Dennis Daly. He worked for Barry's for like 60 years. So I sent, spent a full day with him. So I'm, I'm very okay. much brainwashed. So you were tea, brainwashed. So when you were teabagging back then, like what sort of <laughs> classic? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so I sent over some questions to have a look at. Um, childhood uh, meals, Mark, what, what did you like growing up? I mean, for the spirit of honesty, I'll just, I'll just tell the truth rather than trying to act like I had some sort of really sophisticated palate. You know, I was a real potato waffles, um, potato smileys. Yeah, love potato smileys. Basically potato Delicious. shapes in any, in any form. Um, Did you like that ham with the face on it? Billy roll. Billy roll. I adored it. <laughs> and I was the one that coined the term, because you posted this in your Instagram recently, mortadella is Billy Roll for adults. Yes. A.K.A. William Roll. Did, <laughs> did you come up with that? That was me. Because if you, like, people say that now. Yeah. When I post about Morcella or whatever. So that, there you just go. for the record, that originated with you. I adored Billy Roll. Um, it is. Fu- it does taste like mortadella. It absolutely does. It's the exact Because it has the pepperiness or whatever mortadella has. But it's quite morbid when you think about it. Is this supposed to be the face of a boy? Pork boy. A little dead, <laughs> po- deceased pork boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he smiling? The guy is perished. <laughs> so Billy Roll. Billy Roll. I was a big fan of pizza. I still am. I love pizza. I would eat any form of pizza. Um, oven pizza. Man, Goodfellas with pepperoni and peppers. That, that was my meal every time. Last week when I was coming home from the shows, every night I would have a Goodfellas pizza. A little frozen pizza? It, well, a big, we had massive frozen pizza. <laughs> I, I don't find that depressing. <laughs> The three wanks afterwards <laughs> and the frantic refreshing of my Instagram page to see if any of the hot girls in the audience had followed me. That's depressing. <laughs> or tag me so then I could follow. But that's depressing. The uh, No, frozen pizzas I'm all about. And you're near Olive, Olivetto? Do you ever go in there for pizza? Olivetto, yeah, the pizza's good. I hear they're good there. The pizza is good. But again, pizza a la coffee. I, like, I think people these days pretend and profess to know more about pizza than they do. Yeah. I think what Shane Windrum's doing now with Bambino Pizza is unbelievable. Yes, that is New really York's good. slice. Dublin has been calling out for just a simple 
New York style slice of pizza. Yeah. In a long time. Also, time. you're near it. Um, Little Forest. Have you been to Little Forest? Little Forest. That's I had. incredible. It's amazing. That's really, really good. But like, now I don't want to name any names, but you know, I don't want goat's cheese and ribena on a pizza. <laughs> I don't. Oh, lovely. This is the lamb cutlet. Milton and WD-40 pizza. I'm grand, thank you. <laughs> I'll have something simple. Stop yeah, trying I, to overcomplicate things. Yeah, I am a simple person when it comes to pizza. I just like, I like a basil, tomato base type situation. Maybe in Duya? I like in Duya. I remember one time I was going out with this girl and we went to Florence and she was vastly uh, more sophisticated than I'll ever be. And we went, to this, uh, <laughs> we went to this restaurant and she was trying to get me to lose weight at the time, which is actually pretty mean when you think about it. But she was trying to get me to lose weight and I was reading the menu and I recognized whatever the Italian word was for hot dog. But basically there was a pizza on the menu that came with chopped up hot dog on it, <gasps> which is my fucking dream, That's, by the way. What? Pizza and hot dogs. Or like the greatest thing, like the greatest combo. Yeah, but the the sausage from a hot dog is so rubbery. I love that. That's what I'm all about. Okay. And actually uh, that sparks another thought, which we'll get to in a second. But basically I had to pretend that I ordered it by an accident. <laughs> so like the waiter came over and you could see the dog sticking up out of the pizza. And I was like, well, what? She's like, Mark, there's hot dogs in that pizza. I was like, you're joking. <laughs> oh, well, it's too late to change. But a friend of mine rang me recently and she was in London and she was like, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I just got myself a hot dog when I was walking home. And I was like, I respect that <laughs> so much because that represents a level of comfort in who you are that I don't possess. Yeah. It's and like, also not being ashamed to say, oh, I, I don't know. I, it's something, it, it car ran over my foot or whatever. It's just totally honest. This is the same girl who actually did fall in the stairs recently and I was a broken oh, person. <laughs> <laughs> but I think any, it's like when I see somebody getting a 99 ice cream and walking along by themselves with it, yeah. I want to give them a high five. Yeah. I'm like, fair fucking dues. Yeah. Because I, that's something that would make me cringe, which is pathetic, I know, but I go, oh, fuck, what am I celebrating here? I, I do What's lo- the occasion? I do love how honest she was with you, though. Like, she wasn't yeah. trying to make a better lie, which kind of makes me think of our... Like, I also respect people who, if, say, if they want to cancel on meeting me or something, if they're just like, I'm just not feeling it. I don't, like, I don't, I, I don't need to hear a mad lie about your auntie who just died or something like that. I like when friends are like, I just, like, it's minging out or whatever, which makes me think of our app idea, mm. which I think we need to say out in the open. Ta- tell us, okay, tell so the people our app idea. There are two app ideas, and I know it's very, very unusual for a middle-aged white guy to have an idea for an app that he talks about. Usually he's on cocaine when he does, but I'm not. <laughs> Um, however, two app ideas. Mm. First and foremost, yes. Where do we discover it? I, now, I hope... Well, it, we, we both were talking about how flaky we are mm. and how it's kind of uh, such a pleasure sometimes to make plans with a friend and then, you're wait- and then the other person cancels on you, even though you wanted to cancel. Yeah. That was kind of where, roughly where it was, wasn't it? So it was basically that you get the notification saying, due to meet James Kavanagh at five o'clock. So me and you were meeting, yeah. yeah. Due to meet James Kavanagh at five o'clock, bathrooms, third floor, Stephen's Green, let's go. <laughs> Are you up for it or not? And then if I click yes and you click no, the meeting still goes ahead. Still goes ahead. No one knows. Nobody knows what. Yeah. However, if we both click no, it just goes, you boom, you both (laughs) cancelled and then it's done. I hope I haven't stolen. This is one of those things that I'm waiting to get a DM from somebody going, you saw that on Scrubs. No, it's absolutely, it does not exist. And I really think it would do well because. I th- I feel like humans in general don't really like plans. 
No. Or uh, actually following through with things. But it brings me back to my next invention, which I was going to ring you about during the week, mm. but I, I thought I'd wait till today. So, you know, the way Netflix are having this issue recently with, um, they're trying to clamp down on people sharing their passwords. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're having it because like one person gets a Netflix account, they just give like five people. Have yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm on my dad's account or something like that. I'm on my, my like, good stuff from having a stroke. I'm on like my ex-girlfriend like three ex-girlfriends ago, still on her Instagram or no. still on her Netflix. <laughs> Instagram. And she's from Hong Kong so all of her movies are in Chinese and then it's like Big Mama's House 5. Mark, <laughs> I know what you're doing. But what about this, right? Mm. Instead of Netflix having to sort of outprice people and all the rest and like look at tracking IP addresses and all the rest, why don't they just do this? If they introduced pornography to Netflix. Someone said this. Maybe, maybe I did tell you. I think you were telling me there this wouldn't yesterday. be a single person in the world that would share their password. If your recently watched was coming up with all the porn that you'd recently <laughs> watched, somebody like, "Oh, can I have your password?" Absolutely not. <laughs> Under no circumstances are you gaining access to that my is Netflix. So true. If you can see the history of my pornography. It would be done. Honestly, and not even watching mad porn, just mm. standard, standard stuff, standard bestiality. <laughs> yeah, easy. That is so true. Uh, there, there has to be a reason why they don't do it. Maybe there, it's, it's a conservative board because it's just it's an absolute moneymaker. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Mm, they want to keep it classy. Okay, food you hate. Food I hate. Yeah. Uh, okay, real answer. I don't like lamb. Lamb, fair enough. Yeah, it's a, it's a quite specific taste. But I think it's a Pavlov dog scenario wherein <clears throat> I used to really hate going to school for like my entire life. And every Sunday, we used to go to my grandmother's house every Sunday. Rest in peace. The house, she's still alive, which is fucking gorgeous. Four bed in Slorgan, let's go. But we used to go to her house every Sunday and it was always lamb. And I mm. think that just reminded me of the dreary Sunday evening fear. Oh yeah, school the next day, school home the next day. I used to associate the Carnation Street music with that or something for for some reason. Okay. It was always, I think the Omnibus was on on a Sunday and the, the, I'd hear the Carnation Street um, yeah. tune four times or something. I'm like, that's, that's school okay. the next day. And more of a downtown house ourselves so <laughs> you were not in school and down <laughs> no i know I definitely wasn't. we actually watched the bill i think my dad's biggest fear growing up was that he'd come into the room one of us would be accidentally watching brookside oh brookside yeah that's weird people in weird houses watch brookside yeah it, the, the odd people in school that i went to when if i go to their house brookside would be on i'm old enough to remember that mash used to be on before the simpsons on a sunday evening mash mash the army uh the army comedy it was in black and white i've never heard of it yeah it was on i think it was on sky one on sunday evenings at five o'clock before the simpsons simpsons Mm, no never heard of it so okay lamb i don't like lamb you don't like and then i mean foods that i sort of have uh that just drive me up the wall bagels used to wind me up a lot growing up um bagels just absurd really like what are you doing do you know what it's more people go oh i love bagels you don't you it's just bread with a hole in it have a sandwich. It's the exact same thing. No, I disagree. Bagels are real chewy and sweet or something. I remember it used to be very sophisticated to have a bagel factory. Yeah. When I was in school. Yeah, there's a bagel factory around the corner. It's sort of maybe, I suppose, 14, 15 year old. Not that I'm in touch with what they do. In touch is the wrong phrase to use as well. <laughs> Nothing tactile going on with me and 14 year olds. But basically, it is that real. You've got pocket money Saturday afternoon. Let's go up and get a bagel. It's, it's an activity. But no, bagels, yeah. not for me. And of the same token... Um, sort of burritos. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, man, that burrito was epic. It was, it was a fucking burrito. It was just a stodgy, big bowl of slop. And I think it's because of coins then terms like food baby. 
Yeah, and also I don't know if I, if we discussed it, but my friend Kyle said they remind him of big, heavy, warm nappies, That's and depraved. I have not been able to think of anything else since then because yeah. they do feel hot, like, yeah, warm. Yeah. Like oh. also, I don't think what are they? Where are they from? Mexico is is that where a burrito is from? Yeah, I'd say it's just like so not like what they eat. It's, oh, definitely, it's like a bastardized version. Yeah. It's just like it's what I feel like people who are bulking up just horse into themselves and don't yeah. even take into consideration the taste or like oh complete it's but it's like when you see Irish people going on holidays to Spain and after complaining about the food for a week they eventually find like a shitty Chinese in a shopping centre and they go oh, it's great to eat some normal food <laughs> what just because you just sweet and sour fucking chicken Desi <laughs> you moron do you know what I mean um so <laughs> so this podcast mark is about food and drink yeah here we go now uh i and i'm sure anyone that follows you saw you put up something the other week uh or the other day about you being sober now so can't talk too much about that i guess um yeah i mean look this is one of those things that i guess when i thought the, the first moment i'd be talking about this would be uh sort of frost versus nixon scenario i'd be on channel 4 at 9 p.m in like a black polo there's neck, still time looking very morose i didn't think i'd be in my kitchen on a bloody friday morning with jimmy k but listen uh yeah i'm an alcoholic is the reality uh I, would you still say you are though yeah because you haven't drank in a year yeah i'm a recovering alcoholic recovering alcoholic but i yeah. will be an alcoholic forever uh, and that is the, I suppose, for me. Uh, the, Does that help mentally to label yourself as that kind of? Well, no, it's it, it's hard to label myself as that, but that's the uh, the sort of acceptance piece in terms mm. of like this is something that uh, I will be forever, and no matter how much work I do on myself, you know, inside or outside of my mind, I will always be an alcoholic. So you feel like there's that threat or something in the in the background. If you were to have a glass of wine, it would just spiral or whatever. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because it's I in my experience, it's the uh, it's the sort of it's the disease that tells you you don't have it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And uh, certainly after being about you know when I was about four or five months into recovery, like I started getting that thought, like hold on a second here, Mark. Your skin's looking great. Mm, it your, is. Your, your work is, you know, your work is going great. You're you're feeling happy again. Your relationships are improving. Your sleep is getting better. Your just general spiritual foundation seems to be uh, seems to be filling up really well. And then, so why don't I go out for two drinks? Yeah, but the reality is, <clears throat> I don't want to go out for two drinks. You know, I could yeah. lie and say I do. I could yeah. lie and say, oh, would it not be nice to be able to go out and like on a sunny day and have two glasses of rosé at lunch? That for me is torture. Yeah. And I've tried it. Like, I've tried going out for two drinks. And like when I'm drinking my first drink, I'm already thinking about the next drink. Mm. The best time for me is before I start drinking because it still has all the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, So when I'm walking to a bar or to a restaurant or something and I'm thinking about the alcohol I'm going to drink, that's when I'm at my best because there's this euphoric sense of hope as to what may happen. And then as soon as I have the first drink, the fucking quiet voice comes in to say, it's not happening, so I just have to keep going until I try and find that piece, which I'm never going to get from drinking. Yeah. So, um, so uh, it's not even like um, a want anymore. It's like, do you do you feel like you just love this life now? Why would you ever? Oh no, I would face fuck a pint of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, really? Okay. I would sodomize my dog if it meant 
of 16 fucking, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, no, as in. Okay, so the want still is there. No, look, the relationship. Because what, the way, what I'll say is I was talking to someone yesterday who's completely given up cigarettes. Okay. And he is off them now, I think about a year as well, like, kind of similar to you. But he finds them repulsive, the smell of them, the anything to do with them. So I'm, is it not like that with drink? Well, you no, because. You still are like horny first. I know, of, I wouldn't. I know that, and that's, I'm being, you know, I'm being funny saying that, but. Look, drinking was a symptom of something else that was going on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. You know, I'm trying to fill a hole, a sort of spiritual, easy, uh, trying to fill a sort of spiritual void in my life with alcohol. And yeah. that's the tr- the problem for me with drinking was, you know, when I was growing up in my early, you know, 20s and stuff, excuse me, um, you know, alcohol did give me a lot. Mm. It did bring me lots of connection and lots of you know, interesting situations and hilarious scenarios and all the rest. But it took everything and more. It took everything and more. And, you know, uh, the way that it sort of crept into my life, it was really, yeah, I mean, insidious and cunning and just all of a sudden, I go, holy shit, like, not only is drinking something I do, drinking is what I am. And that's not to get too down that hole, but, like, it literally became everything I was Mm. and the thoughts, the space between me not drinking. I wasn't an everyday drinker, which again meant that I kept drinking because I said, how could I have a problem? I'm not drinking every day. I only go out from Thursday to Sunday, you know, but when I wasn't drinking, the stuff that was happening when I wasn't drinking became less important Mm. and it became, you know, futile. And I think lots of people talk about, you know, who don't drink anymore. They might say, you know, they might talk about things that they've lost about, you know, traditional things or material things that they may have lost as a result. For me, it was more a case of it it stunted my development in every capacity, emotionally, yeah, of course, career-wise and stuff, but just I felt... So you more gained. Oh, yeah. Like, as in, I'm only... I'm basically learning how to live at the age of 30 because Mm. I think from the age of 17, there was like a huge part of myself that just stayed exactly the way that it was. So in some ways, I think oh, I have these like, oh, I have this amazing experience. I've been in these scenarios. I've had dinner with these sort of people. 20 years my senior, I'm so mature. But then in other aspects, I'm like a literal teenager. <laughs> yeah. And there are people listening to this uh, that are like, hang on, that sounds familiar. That sounds like me. What, what would you say? What's the thing you can do? Oh, I couldn't. I honestly like my biggest fear ever would be to... Give advice to, would be to give advice or to act like I have, and I don't have an understanding of sobriety. I mean, or recovery. I'm literally, you know, one year sober. I have not done it alone. I would not have been able to do it alone for about five years before I actually eventually got help. I was going sober myself. Yeah. But the thing is, I go sober for two and a half weeks or three weeks, and I think I've like cured cancer or discovered a new color such was my magnificent genius and i'd be like cartwheeling down the high street trying to learn nigerian and the you know literally i'd have this huge ego Mm. and then of course i'd stub my toe or it would start raining or i'd get a text i didn't want to receive or i wouldn't receive a text i wanted to receive and that would be my excuse and i'd start drinking and just like that i'd lose 18 months of my life and again not like it wouldn't be a case that if i went out drinking I would have a bottle of vodka and I'd end up in a jail cell. That never happened. It's the gradual you unraveling. You described me in Paris. <laughs> I, oh my God. I was like, is he making a weird layered joke there? It's not like I have these mad notions instead of fucking food trucks. You know what I mean? Um, no, but it's more just a gradual unraveling. Sorry, no, the only, I, I, I would have absolutely no advice, but mm. the biggest thing that 
sort of was were the beginnings of me, uh, I suppose, getting well was asking for help. Admitting that Mark Megan's way yeah. was the fucking wrong way. Mm. That I was completely overwhelmed, out of my depth, and I was at the end of my at my road, and I needed help, and just reaching out. And, and it's the most cliche thing of all time because yeah, it's yeah. so hard when you're in a dark place to reach out. Because I, and not to, to go on too too much about it, but like I, I think with alcoholism, like. It's the lonely. It's it's the loneliest feeling I've ever had in my life, and I felt like I was the only fucking person left or living. I I never thought that anybody could understand how I felt, mm. and to actually reach out and ask for help, and to experience that you're not, and to realize that you're not alone is the most liberating feeling I've ever had on a spiritual level, and it's given me just that in itself. Feeling heard and understood has given me an eye-opening sort of raison d'etre that I never had before ever in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's know? so nice to hear. And honestly, for, like knowing you the past few years, like you're so like flourishing at the moment. It's great. And your skin's amazing. Now I'll still hammer the bag out of it on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a few keys before the second half of the interview. Let's go. Um, Mark, you are a fan of Cork and generally kind of nipping around Ireland. Talk to me about your favorite places around Ireland and if you've been to any interesting B&Bs or hotels or, or restaurants or whatever. Um, okay, the best B&B I've ever stayed in in my life is called Bethel Guesthouse in Ross Carberry. In, I thoroughly enjoyed those stories. In West Cork. They were the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Mm. Margaret and Jim, their names are. I'll actually send them this podcast afterwards. So I was down in um, Ardfield, which is just outside Clon in West Cork. Uh, my granny uh, used to have a house there, rest in peace. The house, my granny's still alive. The cottage, they had to sell it. <laughs> Go on, Nana. Um, but basically, we were down there for a couple of days, and then my brother was like having a few friends over. Uh, so I sort of got the boot for the weekend, and I had to find somewhere to stay. It was August Bank Holiday weekend. I rang up. It was August 2020, so every single you know, person in Dublin was donning the sort of flat cap and the Aaron, Isle, the Aaron Island jumper and jumping in the car and, you know, spelling West with a H. <laughs> Out West for the weekend. Just spell it fucking West, Deirdre. You're from Rath Down. But uh, everybody in the country was like, you know, holiday in Ireland. Was COVID? No, it was high, uh, COVID's like the epicenter. Was COVID not 2021? Uh, my time No, 20, August 2020 was Staycationville, Tennessee. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. right, right, okay. So basically, there was no room at the inn, and I was ringing up all of these different places everywhere. And then eventually I got through to this place called Bethel Guest House in Ross Carberry. And I was like, hello. And I was like, I'm trying to find a place. I'm down outside Clan. There's no room at the inn anywhere. And the woman asked the phone, she goes, look, I'm fully booked. And then she asked me what the crack was. I said, well, I'm in my granny's house. That's been sold. Rest in peace, the house, not Nana. And um, I just need somewhere to stay. And she goes, Mark, I have a good feeling about you. And I was like, well, that's ludicrous. You must have suffered a brain injury recently because you shouldn't. But she said, just make your way over here and we'll figure it out. I'll okay. find a bed for you. And so I went over by myself uh, and I got put up into her daughter's bedroom, which had... Um, I wasn't looking in the drawers, but like the, um, you know, it had like groovy chick paraphernalia and back in the gro- door. Groovy chick bin. A groovy chick bin, groovy chick duvet, groovy chick stuff. Do you know what I mean? Lots of groovy chick stuff. And I started documenting this on my Instagram. at me Now, from an outsider point looking in, it was like someone had discovered their long lost granny or something. The way... So Jim and Margaret stories. welcomed me in as if I was the prodigal son returning. I That's mean, the vibe it, I got. It was their kindness 
just fucking would take your breath away um, and that hospitality. And as I said, treating me like I was one of their own and they're like, okay, well, obviously with COVID, it's very hard to get a place, but we've gotten you a reservation in a restaurant in town. They're actually a famous restaurant in... Um, Ross Carberry. Is it in Ross Carberry or is it... Yeah, it is in Ross Carberry. Um, it's not she, Pilgrims, is it? It, it is Pilgrims because she has her own farm. Okay. I think there's an English person involved, bloody English, but um, <laughs> shout out to the English fans. Um, any sort of SEMA listeners that are still listening. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But they have a farm and they make their own ice cream I'm like not, an hour I'm, outside I'm, Ross Carberry. I'm t- it's probably someone shouting at this now saying what the answer is, but I, it might be Pilgrims, I think. I think it's Pilgrims. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to Google it. You, do you talk? Um, so anyway, they arranged <coughs> for me to go and get dinner and all the rest. And then I said, well, I have no way of getting in. And obviously Jim then drove me. They acted as my chaperone. And it was just like, yeah, incredibly, incredibly kind. And they're... they're uh, B&B is just spectacular. It's right <coughs> up. What's it called again? Oh, now somebody else is going to be screaming. If you're coming down towards the Long Strand, so you come up over the hill in Ross Carberry, you're going down. Oh, Nahincha, let's go. Okay. Oh, Nahincha. And it, it just stunning views. And yeah, I stayed there by myself for like, you know, two days, I think. Now, back at this stage, I was drinking myself into oblivion. So, uh, you know, I was very jolly for the whole thing. But you I had th- a ball. I had a ball, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So is, is, would Cork be one of your favourite places? West Cork is my favourite place on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, easily, hands down. The it's people spectacular do. in the um, summer. Everything Especially. about us. Yeah, we used to go to Ardfield just outside Clon. It's just beautiful. Like you feel, it's, it's hard to articulate just how, uh, how amazing it is. Really. Yeah, fair. Uh, we're coming to the end which is sad, but... I haven't told you about my Turkish coffee story. Oh, tell me about your Turkish coffee story. I can't believe I forgot to bring this up in the Turkish coffee. We were talking, had a whole coffee segment. <laughs> so will we pause for a second, then I'll just mention coffee and then we can edit this back into the coffee. Part. Oh no, I kind of love this. <laughs> <laughs> Go. So basically, <laughs> Turkish coffee is the nicest coffee in the world. Yeah. Turkish coffee is like rocket fuel. I don't know why I'm saying yeah. I've never had it. Is it? Yeah. So now, it, like, well, no, go on. So this begins with... I started seeing a, you know, I think the technical term is MILF. I started seeing a Turkish MILF when I was living in London. Because I thought this was the answer to all my problems. Bear in mind at this point, I'm a burgeoning alcoholic. You know, I was working in the BBC. I was like tied for cash and I was sort of wandering around London, lost and lonely. And then I found this like rock star, superstar, these, uh, this sounds so patronizing. <laughs> like when somebody calls a Nana Glam at a wedding, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you're really rock and roll, Mildred. You're not. <laughs> Ask her how she voted in the referendum. Do you know what I mean? We'll <laughs> see who's rock and roll. Both referendums, actually, Mildred. Um, but like, uh, so That's I found... producer Theo laughing in the background. There. Yeah. Go on, Theo. Theo Fitzgibbon in the background has a record coming out with Virgin Records in about six weeks' time. Let's go. Yay. Say yay. Yay. Go on, Theo. Um, <laughs> That is going to be an amazing uh, tune, actually. Yeah. And yeah, it's coming out very soon. But, um, so I, I met this woman. and Rockstar woman. Rockstar <laughs> Turkish. She was wearing a Nina Bing before fucking every single person in what Ireland was. was. She? she, I was 26, 26 and she was 47. Fab. So I was thinking, let's you go. You were living the dream. I was living the complete dream. Yeah. As I said, I was lost and lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she, her estranged husband... Um, 
who lived, he lived in Turkey and she lived in London. She had this like outrageous house in Chelsea. So old Megan, like a rat up a drain pipe, you know, straight in. Oh, I can call over to yours tonight. Oh my God, this is, I just thought she was a hot MILF and I was like, you've won already, but she's a rich hot MILF. And she used to take me clothes shopping. Oh my then, God, Mark. Oh, but then, you the sugar mama. I've never actually heard of someone having a sugar mama. But then she used to make me my lunch before going to work in the BBC. Oh my God. So she was like your mom. Yeah, but then it gets weird because then she'd be like, one day she was like, Yo, she was like offering to give me like pocket money as well as my lunch. But because she was like, she didn't have perfect English. So she called it like cash money. So she'd be like, hey, hey, chicken boy, you want cash money? She called me chicken boy. chicken boy? Because whenever I was hungover, I used to eat KFC out of a bucket in bed. That is a 100% fact. So she'd go, hey, chicken boy, you want cash money? And I'd be like, yes, please, chill in. And then she'd like give me my little, uh, my, my little fucking, you know, lunchbox with baklava in it pat me on the arse and get, she'd be like you need 50 yeah yeah lunches are expensive in the BBC chair don't this you know this this is the dream unfortunately it ended because as all good things they have to come to an end I mean there was a few things where it did get a little bit sort of too matronly and maternal where like one time she was chasing me after I was out of the bath because she wanted to clip my toenails oh my <laughs> and I was running around the house in South Ken nude do you know what I mean and uh, there was actually another time Friends of mine who I, I'd been keeping this really low, but they knew that I was seeing this like, you know... Um, elderly lady. Yeah, I would say elderly. 47 isn't elderly. No, that's not. But um, they were walking by and she had this massive bay window and I was sitting in an armchair. I swear to God, this is true. They were walking through South Kent to go to the Anglesey Arms and I was sitting in her living room on a bay window and she was bending down and she was performing like a pedicure. Easy. She was performing like a pedicure on me. My feet were in the sink. My two hands had these like moisturizing glove things on them. And I was sitting back and I was smoking a fag. <laughs> like the most sort of high highbrow version of Onslow from Keeping Up Appearances. And they walked by and literally two of them like took a double take. And, and was like, her head kind of bob- bobbing while like, she was... Well, it was more, they were like, what the mark? And like the cigarette just drops out of my mouth onto my boxer shorts. And they were like... You're like fucking the Tinder swindler. This is bananas. <laughs> also, it should have been the other way around. Usually when you have an older, richer person, you're kind of their servant and you run around after them. It seems like yeah. she was... No, I was... Put uh, your toenails and everything. I was in the height of my thing. Anyway, it had to end. And I mean, this is... a. Uh, so part. what's this with how, how does coffee come into this so she was Turkish and the, A the Turkish people are the most phenomenal people in the world they are like well evidently but they are so nice so hospitable incredible sense of humour and their appreciation and taste of food and drink guilty and men. but yeah well I think almost supersedes Italians Okay, it's a bold statement. Like, they spend hours talking about food. Their food is incredible. And their coffee. So this coffee, it takes a while to make, and it's got lots of, like, sort of slop, I suppose, is the technical term, that sort of falls out of the bottom of the cup. So you don't, you only drink, like, 75% of it. Residue. (laughs) And um, it's it's the nicest coffee I've ever had. It's delicious. Can you get it in Dublin? I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's some... I think there's somebody said to me, I read a Reddit thread a while ago, and someone said there's a good Turkish coffee joint... I feel like people use words like joint on podcasts, even though they never talk like that in real life. I would never ring someone and go, oh yeah, I was just in this coffee joint. <laughs> That's very on par with you. You slagged me because I said hit the road. I feel like yeah. people who say hit the road would say joint. Hit Let's ro- hit the road and go to a coffee joint. Yeah, we're going to hit the, hit the road is real suburban dad with a hatchback, you know, yeah. hit the road. Okay, to finish up, Mark, you are known at the moment for your roasts, which you do on Instagram of various cultural institutions, people, 
people occasions. Um, so I was thinking it could be fun to um, personify these roasts, but mealify actually. So uh, if I, if I throw one of your roasts, say for example, teachers, if teachers were a meal, what would what would they be? If teachers were a meal, yeah, oh. a dinner, what or a meal, what would they be? Uh, a burst yogurt at the bottom of a gym bag. <laughs> After six and a half months, so it's just like flaky dandruff stuck to the end of the umbro sign. And you don't know. Oh, the burst frube that has muck stains on it from the eight do- size eight Doc Martens. And or a teacher, what else? They'd be like a lunchbox, but with the past, the red tomato marinara stain all around from the one time they put chopped tomatoes in it. After they made the most bland, watery ragu. I feel that is true. I, I actually remember, and you probably, you could probably verify this, but the teachers were always eating out Tupperware boxes in a rush. I felt bad for them, actually, because they were always horsing something into them. Yeah, but those bloody holidays, eh? <laughs> Careful. Um, uh, stags. You did stags recently, didn't you? Yeah, I did stags. What would, if stags were a meal, what would they be? Probably just two bags of ketamine six <laughs> bags of cocaine and then an argument over who's paying more and then someone saying he's not doing any but then halfway through going oh just give us a bit of that what other sags what other what other roasts have you done recently what other roasts have I done uh, I haven't lots of people are asking me to do nurses which I feel like something like I'm not really going to roast well if you roast teachers you can roast nurses that's a very good it's point it's just a profession it's just another profession yeah damn I would say a lot of the people roasting the whatever you're roasting are those people well, you I'd see, say it's teachers roasting teachers because they know it well that's the thing and this is the thing about the roast is that generally speaking like we roast everything from teachers to taxi drivers to tight. what are taxi drivers a meal um, you can come back to it if you want oh no what would ta- uh, I don't know ham cheese and mustard mmm delicious yeah yeah, that's all I have on that. <laughs> what are the roasts have we done? What are the roasts have we done? Um, basic bitches, basic people. We've done mm. lots of different stuff, but then I'll always get a random, you know. So, have so you the, roasted the gays yet? I haven't roasted gays. Yet, I think no. you need to roast the gays. That could go down either well or really terribly. Yeah, but you'll just obviously post the okay ones. I oh, know. I think that'd be good. Gays are able to laugh. At themselves. Okay, we'll roast gay people then. What would gay people be as a meal? I mean, too easy. Like, let's... <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we ended there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pizza with that, yeah, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for being on What's to Eat This Week. What's uh, just a little quick plug for yourself? Anything coming up? Uh, what's the plans for Sunday Roast? So the plans Any are... Any exclusives you can give us? Any exclusives? Can I give you an exclusive? No, Any I think shows? Well, I think... We showed that, out for a while. I think the fact that I'm a crippling alcoholic and I announced that this week, that's sort of a decent exclusive. Yeah, and you yeah, you gave me some layers into that. That's a good exclusive. And other than that, no, follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark. That's where you'll find yes. all of the roasts in my highlights. Uh, if you enjoy and my merch soon, maybe merch, yeah, will be coming out on patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Of course, the other exclusive is that there will be a very, very top secret pop up secret Christmas roast oh. live happening in Dublin. Really? Yeah, oh, that's a full scoop. A scoop. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, thank you so much. And um, goodbye, listener. Oh, sorry. No. Mark, what's your favorite spice? My favorite spice? Yeah. Um, what spices do you like? That's a really good question. I think my favorite, you see, I'm a sucker for the Schwartz spices. I just love them. There's, Shut up. There's something about them that makes me think, sponsor me and give me money too. <laughs> if you were to pick one of the Schwartz spices, what would they be? You know, weirdly, the nutmeg is actually quite decent. Oh, nice. I'm a, I'm a, let's be honest, I'm a single man who's 30 and single <clears throat> and looking. Um, I wouldn't say single as much nutmeg as I'm lonely. Is, but <laughs> Nutmeg is really nice in mashed potato. Is it? Yes. Delicious. That's going to be used in the roast for the gays, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, chili flakes. 
Chili Flakes. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to go with Nutmeg. Okay, Nutmeg. Yeah. We'll choose Nutmeg. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, James. Bye. Hello, William, and welcome back to What Did You Eat This Week with me, James Kavanagh. Hello again. Thanks for having me back. Well, I was speaking to the lovely Mark there, mm. and he was talking about his favourite spices and dish enhancements, and he said Nutmeg. What do you think of Nutmeg? Nutmeg. So when I hear Nutmeg, I immediately think of, like, the creamiest, most unctuous mm. bechamel. Oh, yeah. And I think anything creamy or kind of thick and like a creamed spinach would be a perfect use of nutmeg. Oh. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Things like that. I think it's better as a savory thing. It's also very Christmassy. Mm. Um, now, if I was going to use it in a sweet dish, I would think something like a panna cotta. Be nice in a panna cotta. Mm. Um, so we're big fans of nutmeg. I love nutmeg. The best nutmeg comes from Indonesia. Okay. Um... But, yeah, it, that's where it's native from. But, um, yeah, nutmeg. And it also comes, nutmeg uh, is two spices in one because whole nutmeg comes with mace attached to it, which is a different spice. And it can also be used in things like bechamel and stuff, but it has a slightly different flavor. But, yeah, there you go. Thanks, William. Bye. Bye.